Hello, my friend. I'm Avika Paras, host of The Decisive Life and founder of Ethics for Working Life. And I'm honored to be your decision coach today to help you become a better person by making better decisions every day. I believe that we arrive at crossroads, we face dilemmas, we get at decision moments for a reason, and it is up to us to face them with serenity and courage and most of all, gratitude. How to avoid ethical fading. Ethical fading refers to those situations when ethical aspects of a decision disappear from the person's view. Sometimes it is more than fading because people get blinded in self-deception and really make unethical decisions. So regardless of whether it is fading or blindness, both can lead to wrong decisions. I recall when I was doing a community service in a far-flung area south of Manila, I forgot my eyeglasses. So I was nearsighted, which means that I could see things close to me clearly or normally and distant objects appear blurry. But close to me should really be here as in in front of my eyes. Once I just turned to my right and I was sitting down at the seat next to me and I really thought it was a handbag that someone forgot. So I looked closer, I realized it was a cat. And another time I saw something fell at my feet. I thought it was a mini coin purse without strap or anything. And it's as if it fell down, it landed flat on the floor. So I stooped down to pick it up and I felt it was not a solid coin purse, but a soft, slimy texture. I realized it was ice cream that fell off its cone. You know, it's good I could not see the other people because I was blind in a sense. I would have seen how horrified they were at the sight of a lady stooping down to pick up a melting ice cream. So one thing was I had a blurred vision and another thing, I deceived myself by acting on two things that I thought I saw. The handbag, which was really a cat sitting with its paws tucked under its tummy, and the little coin purse, which was really ice cream that fell off its bone. So the vision, which at that time I did not accept as blurred, gave me a reason for deciding to act, and my action was hilarious, if not icky. So this is similar to ethical fading when a person engages in self-deception, thinking there is no ethical consideration in that decision to be made. Or if there is any ethical issue, it's got to be something positive and not negative. In other words, the decision to be made is framed as if there is nothing ethical in the picture, or it is hidden or blurred out from you, or viewed in a positive way. For example, an accountant who will make a net loss appear like a net income could think that he is actually simply tweaking the numbers so that the employees can get some bonuses in these difficult times. So the dishonesty is framed as a charitable act. Let's give another example. Take the case of a reporter who was lacking time to go to the field to write something to interview. So he writes a fake news and justifies it, saying that in the current proliferation of fake news, his story would not even get noticed. So he can get away with it easily since everybody's doing it. A similar example is the one that prompted me to tackle this particular topic today. 
a young online troll by The Voice, revealed in a radio program a call-in interview that although he earned 2.5 million annual income disseminating disinformation, replying stupid things to the followers of Vice President Lenny Robredo, and actually he said, I voted for her thinking she's really the better candidate. But then he said, a job is a job. Why he is revealing himself now after the elections is really not clear. That online troll revealing himself and saying that a job is a job, justifying his trolling, is actually a frightening scenario for parents out there. You might have children who suddenly have a lot of money. They are in front of the computer all day and they don't seem to be happy as they are justifying their work of peddler of lies by saying it is simply a job. Will online trolling and disinformation stop now? Perhaps no, if that is a well-paying job. I was thinking, you know, among the radio listeners that time, there could be some people who got so angry, who cried with that realization that he has done this damage. And actually, there could be other people who got interested in that reality that there is online trolling. You just say stupid things and you are going to be paid $2.5 million. That's interesting. So... You can have two kinds of people. One is really angry with the lack of ethics and other people who perhaps their ethics have failed and said, I will try that job. But we are not going to all go out of the country, right? I remember a professor saying, okay, you all go out, which I think that also applied to me. I went out, but I came back. I went out two years, a master's, four years for PhD, six months for sabbatical in New York. I still came back. So I won't deny anyone the opportunity to go, but we are not going to have an exodus right now, right? So we will try to fix the problems now. And this live stream is really part of that problem solving to help you. If you feel strong enough now to fight the temptations of not working for the good or literally to be bad earning a living. These are my tips. I have nine tips right now. So first, it is important to be prepared for ethical challenges, more and more ethical challenges. So toughen yourself. When in this society, the cursing, the swearing, the lies, are they considered normal, if not a polite behavior becoming of a government official? In these times when lies are truths, dependent on how much you are earning to propagate the lies and all these frightening scenarios. So really, we have to be prepared for these ethical situations. And then... We have to take courage. If you are disheartened by the recent events, it's not yet the end of the world. We have shown in the days leading up to the elections that we can actually be diligent. We can be very charitable. We can be very kind. We can be magnanimous, generous, giving up free food. So we can be smart coming up with creative flyers, etc. Okay, we got so high in patriotism and went so low with the election results. So we have to be brave because really God's power is never diminished by the evil forces. I would even suggest if you have not watched any movie about our negative past, but in the end we have learned from that. If you have not uh, watched The Kingmaker, which is the movie about the times of the Marcoses, I really recommend you watch it and see that we have survived the times when 70,000 people were jailed, 34,000 were tortured, more than 3,200 were killed. And we are here still standing as a nation, in a nation of brave heroes, even if sometimes the outside world can be confused with our bows, our dispositions, 
and the people be put back in power. So we're still standing. And I think we are brave. Another thing that we could do is plan if and then scenarios. What if you got offered $2.5 million to reply stupid remarks in Facebook to come up with false stories every day? How would you reject the tempting offer? What if your spouse or your parents, they find out about the offer and they tell you to accept it? How would you deal with that when the entire family seems to have given up on good values for the price of $2.5 million? So what could be the scenario? What if you are the person not tempted with money or more God-fearing who has less regard for money? What if you try to experience to live a sober life? And what if you are the type of person who's wanting to be rich and famous? So if you think that you have disproportionate desires for wealth that can lead you to accept an online troll job that's high paying, what do you plan now to train yourself and your family in temperance and sobriety? You could probably try commuting and walking under the heat of the sun and not using your car every day. Like really putting yourself in a situation where money will not be really your huge goal. That you can live without money and still be good. What I'm saying is that sometimes you are tempted and then you put yourself in a if-then scenario. What if you reject that offer? Could you still live with little money? So you could avoid perhaps complaining when the food is not to your liking or choosing first to eat the food that you don't like and giving up the food that you like. So you think of this scenario. How would you feel? Would you turn angry with all of these sacrifices? So you could try also leaving the house with little cash and no credit cards and avoid buying anything that is not essential. So if you really need more money, then you could read up on online businesses, which will demand little capital. Of course, online trolling is also an online business, but I would expect that you will read up on decent work where you put your face out there and you try to be a dignified, hardworking, respectful person as much as possible. Okay. So another tip to avoid ethical fading is to be humble. So we are not saints. No one is going to be a proclaimed saint while still living here on earth. So recognize that we are capable of doing wrong if we are not vigilant. If we don't examine our conscience every day or simply we reflect or we look inward on our actions regularly, it's similar to perhaps you have experienced the post-mortem meetings done by learning organizations. So don't be so proud as to say that you can fight all evils in the world. You have those reflection moments, especially after big decisions or even sometimes when you have rejected a very tempting offer that is not a decent job a dignified job. It's not something that you can be proud of, that you can show your face. You can say, I work as an online tool, but really telling everyone, really identifying yourself. So I don't think that is possible. In this regard, the next tip is to think that ethics as not only avoiding the evil, but also pursuing the good. We realize that forming a good character that enables you to make ethical decisions is a lifelong pursuit. People say some people who grow old don't grow up. I mean, meaning that they don't mature. But I would think that we have to grow old and good at the same time, still having a good character. Nowadays, I see some people can get to be very loyal. They're being asked, why do you vote this? Basta, 
which means enough. Stop it. I thought we grow old and we must be also more reflective and really knowing why we do what we do. I would also like to emphasize living an ethical life until we grow old. It means intentional awareness, self-knowledge, constant education, lifelong learning, mindfulness. I read somewhere that any wine can turn to vinegar if oxygen gets inside a bottle and reacts with the alcohol. So this can happen when the cork is defective, when it's of poor quality, or when wine is stored upright instead of being on its side. So we have to be good wine all the way until we are consumed, meaning until we die. So that will mean that now you have to be vigilant what enters in the head. You know, in the 2016 U.S. elections, a study found that 11% of people aged 65 and older shared fake news stories on Facebook. And then another research found out that American Facebook users over 65 shared nearly seven times as many articles from fake news domains as those aged between 18 and 29. So we have to be careful with what we let in our mind. I mean, what enters into our mind. We have to be discerning. We have to be prudent. Or else we might grow old like acidic vinegar and not good wine. Like the young people can say, what happened to her? Are you learning from this? I hope you are. So another tip is to be vocal about your ethical choices. You know, Facebook or other social media apps could be instruments of disinformation, but it could also be instruments or showcase of ethical conduct. So you could narrate in your Facebook wall those ethical choices, and they can be interesting read or stories. If you are not good in writing, I am neither good. Sometimes I think I need another writer, another editor. So I recommend an app that I also use in order to improve my writing. You can use Hemingway app, which can help you write. And actually, it gives you evaluation along the way as you type. It will tell you some things that you can improve in your writing. But of course, social media is not the only avenue to be vocal about your ethical choices. It can be the face-to-face -face replies or the short messaging. You know, if someone invites you to lunch, you could be sincere to say, Okay, but I will proceed there after I attend an online mass. If it is really your pious practice to go to noontime mass such that you eat lunch later, you're just telling the truth that you won't arrive at noon as you are finishing attending the holy mass. Or for example, you don't hide the fact that after office, you could pass by a company chapel once a week to do your confession. So why not go public that you go to weekly confession if that is what you do? if that is really your practice. So there's really nothing wrong with that. If the Facebook is full of all of this, sometimes disinformation, you give them good information, truthful information also about your ethical choices. I remember I was walking with a Spanish friend in Anaheim in California to we a conference and every day we would go to mass. And one day we went to mass and we had to go to the nearest hotel to use their telephone to get a taxi. And that time, there was no Uber yet. So it was actually a long walk. When you say the nearest hotel, it's actually a long walk. So we started praying the rosary. And I noticed that her rosary beads were really very visible, like hanging from her hand. So I called her attention and I said, why are you not discreet about it? And she said, you know, we are in America. People are free to do whatever they like. So good this or not so good this in public. So, okay, I said, it sounds logical. You know, these days, no one could accuse you of being holier than thou when they approve of 
every influencer being authentic or being vulnerable with all of their faults. So I think there's really nothing wrong in being very visible, being very vocal about your ethical choices, which can also go beyond attending various practices, really choosing what is right. You can be very vocal about that, I suggest. And then another example that I read somewhere in an environment where there are temptations to fraud, a girl wrote a quotation under her email signature that says, success without honor is worse than fraud. So for that girl, it was a deterrent to being asked online to engage in an ethical behavior. So think about it. What would be your moral signaling? How would you signal the others uh, to not even tempt you with an, an ethical invitation? So the seventh tip that I have is that you get honest advisors. Surround yourself with people who will help you instead of confirming your mistaken notions about your self-worth. So who can this be? Recall who among the people you sought advice in the past were really brave enough to tell you that you were wrong, you have not done well in that thing that you are telling me about. They were really honest about it. And be very careful of those people who would always avoid telling you the truth. They would advise you to forget everything. Don't worry, forget those advisors who cannot point to you what is right and what is wrong. So you need good teachers and advisors. If they're just telling you the thing that you want to be heard, you just buy a parrot who would just repeat back what you want to be heard. I think that's a very strong thing, but it's really, really for you. We need an honest confidant. We all have weak or blind spots. And this confidence, they can tell us in our face, look, you might not want to hear this, but you really made a bad decision or you made a real mess there. Eight, I placed here, don't discount the personal safeguards. And what are these? These personal safeguards are very important, like having good quality sleep. Sometimes, you know, you make bad decisions when you have slept less. If you are in a stress situation, a lot of overtime. And people can really get to be very moody. They can shout at each other. They can get angry. They can be unethical. So the personal safeguards would really be good quality of sleep, little stress, fewer overtimes, good quality work, not interrupted constantly by your office mates, by distractions like using social media. So I also would recommend these days, examine yourself. Does using Facebook make you less depressed, more optimistic about the Philippines? If not, why not stop using Facebook for a while? Do some exercise, sleep eight hours daily, and see if it helps you from being sad about national events, arguing with people in the comments. And be careful with that, because now, since we have found out that the online troll does really his job to answer like that, why fight people there? Because they're really paid to do that. So don't waste your energy fighting the trolls. And don't be unkind to unfriend people just because of politics. Getting annoyed in your mind, even if you do not verbalize it, all of these things. And then lastly, being ethical involves looking at consequences of our actions on other people. I was moved by a story of an advertising executive from an article by Professor Heffernan on willful blindness. So Mr. Roy Spence refused to work for Enron, even if many would rush to get hired by this very successful, formerly successful energy company. Mr. Roy Spence reflected how he saw what others missed. And obviously, he was talking about the post-Enron scandal. And he concluded that a lifetime of seeing through the eyes of the powerless gave him a different perspective. 
and really prevented him from getting into Enron that later on became a scandal. So he talked about the times that he would wheel his sister to school. His sister suffered from cystic fibrosis and he would actually wheel his sister to school. So he said that he could see the people pitying them, but they could not see that this brother and sister, they're having a wonderful relationship. So his question to himself was, if they're missing so much about us, what am I missing about them? So this anecdote made the author to conclude that willful blindness that leads to ethical fading and unethical behavior could really be widespread, but it is not irresistible. A little bit of thinking will help and more of thinking, as I say here, from the perspective of the powerless. So those are my nine tips for you to avoid ethical fading. Hopefully you recognize those ethical situations and let me know what you found most helpful. Okay, my friend, I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Decisive Life. If you liked it, take a screenshot of this podcast, share it, and the link to this episode to three of your friends today. Post it in social media and use the hashtag The Decisive Life. Until the next episode, my friend, be good. Cool.